Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. And I had this episode planned for a while. I was waiting for a little bit more data and some uh, new headlines to come out, which came out today as of the recording of this video, which is August 28th of 2018. And you just can't make this stuff up. As I'm waiting for this certain bit of data to come out, an article shows up that just really illustrates kind of the results or the potential results of what I mainly want to talk about. And this is, you know, I want to, like I said, focus on reality, but also follow up with an episode I did a couple weeks ago. And that episode was called Blame the System, What a Joke. And like I said, you, you just can't make this stuff up. The article that actually came out today quotes back to that very article that I talked about, you know, from that episode. They take a little blurb from it. They, you know, quote the author. And it's just, I mean, talk about the stars aligning and kind of having all the pieces come together beautifully for me to talk about what I mainly want to focus on here. And that is needs versus wants. Again, needs versus wants. Necessities versus desires. And how these things have very clearly become blurred. And then the results of what can happen, what you know will happen, well I shouldn't say will because I, I guess it, there's some extra, highly likely, what will highly likely happen if the, this you know necessities, desires, needs, wants, if that gets way too far blurred together. So let's first just start off with this article and you know we'll take it from there and like I said, because this article I'm about to talk about uh, pulls back from an article I, I, I spoke about a couple weeks ago you know, it'll segue perfectly into kind of the, the, the bottom half of where this is all coming from and me kind of just justifying the, the, the points and the counterattacks I made in the, the last episode about all this. So I, I would say probably for best reference sake, if you want all this to make the most sense, just go back down through the archive. Like I said, it's just a couple episodes ago and that episode was, you know, blame the system, what a joke. So let's first look at this article and these stats are, are quite frankly very scary. They make me nervous because as somebody that's, uh, let's hold them, I'm 34. So as somebody that's still pretty young, um, I, I if, if this continues, then it, it makes me wonder, how is my retirement gonna look like? Is the government gonna start to pillage from my finances so it can take care of all these lazy bums? Or what exactly? So it, it, it scares me, it angers me, maybe it makes me a little bit jaded, uh, but this is really bad and this is not setting up for a, a beneficial society later down the road. So the title of this article is, One in Three Americans Have Less Than $5,000 Saved for Retirement. Here's why so many people can't save. So can we all agree though that real quick, needs versus wants. A necessity, a need is you do need to save money, in particular for retirement. Now, if you love this job and you're gonna work there until the day uh, you, you croak, you know, the day you go nine feet under, seven foot under, whatever it is, then I suppose, okay, that's fine. But I get the impression, and I'll speak for myself here, I would like to be able to retire someday. I would like to be able to just do whatever needs to be done Go have a good time. No, I enjoy what I'm doing, so I can always foresee myself having some sort of activity in it. But with that being said, I would like to also be able to have you know enough there to be able to retire and live comfortably, you know, in my older years. I think most people feel that way. Is yeah, that's kind of the idea. Idea you want to retire, but you have to be able to save. 
And because everybody wants to retire, because in order to retire, you have to save, hopefully we can all agree that is definitely a need, not some sort of want, not some sort of, uh, you know, unnecessary desire, but that is just a basic necessity. Yeah, people, you get old, your body deteriorates, and you're gonna need to, you know, retire, you know, tap the brakes at some point. So to think that one in three Americans have less than $5,000 saved. So let's get into this article, and it opens up with quite the doozy here. The vast majority of Americans, 78%, say they're extremely or somewhat concerned about not having enough money for retirement, according to Northwestern Mutual's 2018 Planning and Progress Study. Now let's think about that. 78% are extremely or somewhat concerned. I've talked about this in past episodes, but there is power in looking at surveys from right now that for us younger people, myself included, provide a, a glimpse into the future, provide a way to look at, you know, kind of what's coming our way, you know, that, that light in the tunnel. That's a train coming our way, and are we gonna let the train hit us, or are we gonna be prepared to step aside? And what this is telling me, and hopefully what it's telling you is, wow, you know, apparently if you don't save in your younger years, apparently if you don't have a game plan in place, then it's gonna cause emotions, it's gonna cause stress where people are extremely or somewhat concerned. I don't know about you, but I don't really like to feel concerned. I like to be able to sleep at night. Concern is basically the equivalent of some sort of stress. I don't like stress, I like to have peace of mind. And concerns are not peace of mind. So to think that 80% of Americans, well 78%, are actually feeling some sort of stress, some sort of concern when it comes to you know saving, maybe, maybe us younger generation, we should be taking it very seriously. And this stat here is, I mean, I'll, I'll take them at face value, I'll be honest, I don't know if I believe it, because this is really bad if it's true, uh, but you know, this is all what the surveys and, and the data is, is saying, but as the article continues, and for good reason, a shocking 21% of Americans have nothing at all saved for the future, and another 10% have less than $5,000 tucked away, the study finds. Don't get me wrong, money doesn't grow on trees. I'm not saying that $5,000 is like, oh, that's, that, that's a walk in the park. But $5,000 is also not a lot of money. Had that number been replaced with something that said, you know, have less than, let's say, $500,000, okay. $500,000, that's a good chunk of money. But five, you know, 50,000, okay, I would still argue that over time, 50,000, I mean, if you get started, let's go, that's the, but $5,000, 10% have less than that, but 21% have nothing at all saved for retirement. That is crazy. That is just, I mean, that's a scary situation. What are those people gonna do? If their plan is, well, Uncle Sam's gonna take care of me, Social Security's gonna take care of me. I don't know about you, but you know the way I'm approaching this whole retirement thing is, I am not planning on Social Security being around when I retire. When you actually stop and research how the program works, how it functions, it's essentially a glorified Ponzi scheme. And it just, I don't think it's gonna be around when I'm around. So I am not planning my retirement you know, uh, game plan is not, okay, well, I'll just depend on Social Security because I'm paying into it now, it'll pay me back. But you know what, let's do this. Let's say that Social Security is actually still around. And that's your plan. I'm gonna retire, I'm gonna live on my social security. I really hope that you have a logical and a realistic standard of living for retirement. Meaning, if you're totally fine with basic, basic, bare bones type lifestyle, 
bare bones. You're not going out to eat. You really think you're gonna go out to eat? You think you're gonna go to the movies? You think you're gonna go on vacations and travel the world? Are you kidding me? If that's what you are thinking, you're, you're, you are just disconnected with reality. Now, if you're saying, no, I, I know I'm not gonna go out to eat, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna have cable TV, I'm gonna have to live a very, very basic life if I'm gonna be able to manage to pull off on social security. Again, we're even assuming that it's around, then okay, fine, maybe you can pull it off. Maybe that's a viable retirement plan for you if you genuinely have that bare bones standard of living. But in this day and age with the way, you know, my generation is growing up, I find it hard to believe that, you know, people in my age category or younger are sitting around thinking, yeah, my standard of living when I'm retiring is going to be boom 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 and each of those is something extremely extremely basic. Yet all these people, it, like I said, I'm talking to, you know, the younger people out there, myself. If you better have expectations in line with reality. And if your expectation is now I'm not going to save anything now because I'm going to get social security, then you better start to wake up in this in in the sense of what your retirement is actually going to look like when it gets to that point. For me, I don't want bare bare bones. I want to be able to go out to eat. I want to be able to travel the world. I want to be able to go to the movies. I want to be able to experience whatever the cool technologies, you know, 30 years from now are going to be. And in order to do that, well, I'm going to need more money than social security. I want to be able to take my kids and my grandkids on vacations like all over the place. I'm not going to be able to do that on social security. So, if you want to you know, have some sort of enjoyable retirement, then you better pull your head out of the dark side if you're one of these people that, and I'm talking, if you're 25, you're 25, 26. Heck, I'm talking 22, 23, and you don't have anything at all saved. What are you doing? Especially if you've been in the workforce. I mean, this has nothing to do with college education or not. I mean, if you're graduated from college and you still have zero money saved aside, I get it. What are you talking about? Why, why are you getting on somebody, some kid's case that's 20, 21, 22? They have like 40 years before they retire. What are the numbers here? 80% are extremely or somewhat concerned, which tells me that I think the whole excuse of, well, I'll get started tomorrow. I'll start saving tomorrow after this purchase. I'll get started, and before you know it, tomorrow becomes next year, and before you know it, you're sitting there and you're 30 years old and you're thinking, oh man, I have less than $5,000 actually tucked away and saved for retirement. So get on it. These are very real numbers. This is what can actually occur if you're not aware, if you don't have a plan in place. And that's the whole idea behind this. I get it, you know, most people, who knows, I mean, but if I can just get one person, just one from this episode to look themselves in the mirror and say, you know, I should probably put together more of a game plan to get started, then this is all well worth it. Me, you know, sit, I'm not, I'm actually standing, but me standing in my office as I record this, uh, but you know, then this is all well worth it. But let's kind of dig things a little bit deeper because remember that the second part of this headline is here's why so many people can't save. And you go down and from here, it says, meanwhile, a new survey from Bankrate finds that 13% of Americans are saving less for retirement than they were last year and offers insight into why much of the population is lagging behind. And they give all these reasons and you know some of the reasons are, uh, that, that's fine, I get it. 
I mean, if you have another, for example, here's one, focusing on another financial priority. That's 16% why they're falling behind in retirement. Now, if that financial priority is, hey, I got, I'm paying off some debt, I'm knocking off some debt, hey, that's a great financial priority, then yeah, definitely knock that out and then you can come back and start to load up on retirement. If that financial priority is, you know, I'm saving up for a boat, I'm saving up for some four-wheeler, I'm saving up for some insert blank of depreciating asset, then yeah, I, you know, it, that's not wise. That's all I'll say is, uh, you know, it's not wise. Uh, haven't gotten around to it, 11%. Well, though at 11%, you might wanna get around to it. Why haven't you gotten around to it? Um, don't know slash refused, 10%. What does that even mean? That's just, that's bad. That's so bad. What, what is encouraging though is 21% are actually comfortable reti with retirement savings. So that that's good, but it would also make me, hopefully they have a, a realistic, uh, you know, a realistic viewpoint of what a, a good number for retirement may be. Uh, but 26%, says income hasn't changed or has decreased. And let's scroll this down here. And I'm gonna say I, I highly disagree. I highly disagree with that being, like I said, that it says roadblocks to retirement savings. And majority of people, one in four, income hasn't changed or has decreased. And this is, like I said, this is where I'm starting to segue into uh, the episode from uh, a couple weeks ago where I talked about the system, all this. But here's, you know, bringing back in that author of the book, and she's uh, the executive director of the Economic Hardship Reporting Project. So she says that, and her kind of, you know, remember, the, the premise a lot of people are saying, I can't say because I don't make enough money. And her point is, and this is the, the portion from her, and this should sound familiar if you listen to the episode uh, from a couple weeks ago, but day-to-day -day costs continue to soar, and salaries, don't go as far as they once did to cover the necessities. So let's, again, there's a word, necessities. Needs versus wants. Now in the episode from a few weeks ago, like I said, I covered quite a few things that uh, are, are not necessities. Any way you look at it, they are not necessities by any stretch of the imagination. And if you don't choose to listen to that episode, essentially my argument, my point of view was, you know, maybe it's not really an income problem. Maybe it's not necessarily a, a wage problem, how much you make. Perhaps, maybe, just maybe, could we perhaps consider the fact that it's a spending problem? And the reason why people don't have money to save is because they spend money that they could be using to save. Again, save, hopefully we can all agree, that is a necessity because you wanna be able to retire someday, so necessity. So if people are getting money and that money is not being used to save, what is that money being used to used for? According to you know, this person, day-to-day -day cost and you know, to cover the necessities. Well, according to this, necessities that is not being covered is retirement, right? Being able to save. So like I said, the last episode from a couple weeks ago, I listed out some, um, some bits of data. Uh, I, you know, I, I talked about smartphones and how much of the population owns that. I talked about you know, leisure and hospitality jobs. But now I wanted to just bring up a few more additional stats to support those claims and to kind of support why this whole notion of, well, I don't make enough, therefore, you know, I just can't save, I, I, the system's screwing me. I, I, I'm just not gonna be able to save for retirement because I don't simply make enough money. So what I would say to this 26% of people is, 
You're just taking the easy way out. You're copping out. You are picking some scapegoat and you wanna blame somebody else for your inability um, because you're just spending money that, you know, know, again, the line, mixed, needs versus wants. And I think, you know, sure, are a couple people, maybe, but the vast majority of that 26%, I'm pretty sure, and like I said, this is not an opinion, I'm gonna back this up with statistics, um, is people's lines are getting blurred from need versus want. So keep in mind the, the stuff from a couple weeks ago. And then, like I said, I was waiting for a bit of data to come out. And the data finally came out today. And, um, you know, not to bore you, but uh, within uh, the, the stock market, companies are required to say, hey, this is how we did over the past quarter, you know, the past three months. And they talk about how many sales they have, the profit, all that sort of stuff, you know, kind of just, some people would find it very boring. I find it fascinating. But publicly companies, public companies, because they're public, are required to do this. And the, the company, the public company, maybe you've heard of them, that just released uh, what are called earnings, is Best Buy. Now, if you're not familiar with Best Buy, they sell lots of electronics. They sell lots of things that I would not consider a necessity. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Clay, they sell refrigerators, you need a refrigerator to keep your food, uh, so that's a necessity. Good point, I would come back, have you ever seen the refrigerators that Best Buy sells? Those things are like technological marvels. I don't think that would be a necessity. I would say that go to some outlet store, go to some, uh, I don't know, hit up Craigslist, get a used, you do not need a refrigerator from Best Buy. So sure, that may be one of the necessities that you could partially argue for, but outside of refrigerators, I can't really think of anything that they're selling, but at the end of the day, I'm still not buying it, and I think I can win that argument because that you know uh, that much of a technological marvel, I don't think you need either. You just need something that plugs in and keeps clo- uh, your, your food frozen or keeps your food uh, you know cold. But outside of that, Best Buy, I don't consider that a necessity. And remember, this is what some people out there are preaching. Oh, you know, it's it's an income problem. People just don't have enough money to save. So what did Best Buy report today in terms of their earnings? Best Buy shares tumbled, so that's not really, uh, even though, okay, so Best Buy shares tumbled, meaning their, their stock went down a little bit, which is irrelevant to this. Uh, in Tuesday's pre-market, even though the electronics retailer reported second quarter earnings and sales that topped analyst expectations. Meaning, analyst people are thinking that Best Buy was gonna sell a certain amount of stuff, but Best Buy actually sold even more than what people thought. And then get this, the company also raised its full year profit outlook. In other words, they're saying, you know what, over the next full year, we actually, we underestimated. We think we're gonna make more profit over the next year. And what again, what does Best Buy sell? Best Buy sells a bunch of necessities, Best Buy products are day-to-day cost? I, I don't think so. I think, I think these are lots of desires. I think Best Buy sells lots of wants. And to know that not only did Best Buy sell more than what professionals thought they would, aka analysts as they're called, but on top of that, they also are revising upwards saying, you know what, we're gonna raise our full year profit outlook, meaning we're gonna be making more money than we even thought we did. And Again, if this was, now I, this would be a terrible argument on my part if this was like a utilities company with like electricity. 
Well, yes, electricity, or this was like a, a water company. Well, yes, people literally do need water. They do need electricity, that's a utility. But this is, <laughs> this is Best Buy. This is Best Buy that sells cool TVs, video games, smartphones, movies, and as, as, as last I checked, none of those would be necessarily uh, a necessity. And the reason I waited for this is I had a very sneaking suspicion that this is what was gonna be reflected because when you look at the past data, especially from the episode a couple weeks ago, I don't wanna come across like, Clay, what are you bragging about? You, you So you knew this was gonna happen? It doesn't really take a rocket scientist to you know, get a nut, get a thought that, you know, Best Buy is probably gonna put up some good numbers because you look at all this other data um, and people are, are clearly spending their money and they're, you know, feeling good about things. So yeah, it's probably gonna be, I'm gonna wait before I record the episode until Best Buy, you know, shares with everybody how they've been doing. And like I said, I, I was very right, but I don't say that in a bragging way because it, it really didn't take that much, uh, you know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to really, real, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of draw this conclusion. But I also found this part of it very, very interesting because it implies that this is not just Best Buy. It implies that it's other companies like this, or in other words, other companies that are selling a bunch of desires, that are selling a bunch of wants, not necessities. And this part from the article says, the electronics retailer has benefited, benefited like its rivals. So in other words, all these other companies that sell this stuff are experiencing the, the pretty much the same thing. The electronic, uh, electronics retailers benefited like its rivals from a healthier economy across North America with stronger consumer confidence and low unemployment, putting more money back into shoppers' pockets ahead of the 2018 holiday season. Back into shoppers' pockets. And that just goes to kind of show the whole mentality out there is that's what the company and they, they right there they're a billion dollar company they know they know how to do the research they are counting on the fact that yeah people have more money and these people aren't going to save their money they're going to keep on spending it so yeah we think we're going to raise our profit outlook and that's just so bad that's so sad when companies that know they sell and i'm not blaming best buy good for them if they're if people want to be stupid with their money then good for them i mean but you know it's a, when a company is sitting there saying yeah people are going to have more money and those people, we don't think are gonna save that money because if they thought they were gonna save it, then they would not be raising their profit outlook, right? They would be saying, you know, I, I don't know. It looks like a lot of people are saving out there. So, you know, we may not make as much profit. But not only did they not do that, they raised their profit. They said, we're gonna make more money because we know more people are gonna have it and they're not gonna save it. They're gonna spend it. And that's just really bad when you actually stop and think about it. So that's just, you know, Best Buy right there. Some more data that, is it really a wage problem? Is it really an income problem? Or is it maybe just people have a spending problem because they are confusing between needs and wants? And I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't know how you argue against the point. Now, if Best Buy, if these numbers were terrible and Best Buy is saying, hey, we're actually gonna revise things downwards, our, our profit outlook, we're gonna actually revise downwards. We don't think we're gonna make as much or you know, they come out and they said, look, we haven't made as much as we thought we were, then that's a whole different argument. And you could say, you know what? It looks like income might be a problem because people are not buying you know, these luxuries such as the things that Best Buy offers. And yes, believe it or not, a single Blu-ray movie is a luxury. It's a luxury because you don't need it at all. It doesn't do anything for you. So when I say luxury, don't be like, oh, so you mean like a huge big screen TV? No, I mean anything that you don't need. That is a luxury. Now, sure, luxuries have different forms and different kind of levels, but that's a luxury. 
So if you were to say, look, I mean, people aren't even buying movies and I, then, I, okay, yeah, maybe income really is a problem because I mean, people barely can pay the necessities. And since they can barely pay the necessities, of course, you're not gonna be shopping at Best Buy because if you can barely pay your water bill, you're not gonna have any sort of money to go buy a movie or buy this, that, or the other, but, but that's not the case. Best Buy is raising their profit outlook. We are, we believe we're gonna be making more profit over the next year, more profit than what we had even originally forecasted. And then we get to this, and these stats are actually super crazy, but it just makes sense. It makes sense why uh, people are in tough spots, and as you'll see, it has nothing to do with income. It has nothing to do with wages. So the title of this article, Your Netflix Habit Costs More Than You Think. The article opens up, of course, most Americans are on a budget. I don't think so. I don't think that most Americans are on a budget. Uh, but but uh, I, I guess I could be proven wrong. If they are on a budget, they're on a very loose budget. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And this is going to perfectly illustrate why I say loose budget. Of course, most Americans are on a budget. But when it comes to their subscription services like Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime, many people have no idea how much they spend. Get this. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. One of those stats were once again... I, I guess I'll take it at face value, but I have kind of a hard time believing it because it's so ridiculously bad. But as the article states, the vast majority, 84%, 84%, that's you have 10 people lined up in front of you. Eight of those people would fall into this category. Eight, the vast majority, 84% of consumers in a survey underestimated what they shell out on those monthly expenses, also including dating apps, cable television, and Wi-Fi, according to a recent report by the Waterstone Management Group, a Chicago-based consulting firm. Again, I'm sorry, dating apps, cable television, Wi-Fi. Are those great? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Dating app, I'm married. I've been married before dating apps even. So I, I can't comment on that one. However, those other things, yeah, they are great. But are they a necessity? Uh, no, but if you're like, yes, they're a necessity, then I would argue, I, th I think your wants and desires are getting a little uh, blurred together. Or excuse me, your wants and needs are getting a little blurred together. Now get this, this is the crazy part. So 84%, on average, consumers spend more than twice as much as they think they do. They estimated they cough up $111 a month on such services when actually they average $237. Waterstone found in its survey of 2,500 people. Think about that. People are saying, yeah, I, I spend probably like $111, but they actually are spending $237. It's a wage problem. People aren't making enough. That's why I can't save for retirement. Well, twofold. Like I said, maybe I'm not a logical person. I, I, I don't claim to be a genius. I don't, heck, I don't even claim to be that smart. So maybe this is just, Maybe this is just like tinfoil hat central. Maybe this is just like me pulling stuff out of thin air. But maybe, just maybe, it's a problem of A, spending money on stuff you don't need, and B, not even having any idea of your finances, not having any idea of what you're actually spending. So not only are you spending it on stuff you don't need, you don't even know how much you're spending on stuff you don't need. Is that at least a possibility? That's all I'm proposing. That's all I'm throwing out there. Maybe I'm wrong. But perhaps that's why people are headed down the path to having nothing at all saved for retirement or very pitiful amounts saved for retirement because they don't have a plan. 
or if they do have a plan, they're very loosely following that plan, loosely following that budget. I mean, I get it. I, I would be, you could accuse me 100% of nitpicking if people say that they think they spend 111, but they actually spend 125. Heck, $150. Okay, you know, that, that's $49 a month. Different. Okay, yeah. Okay. But this is $237 is what they're actually spending when they think they spend an 11. That's, like I said, uh, that's 100% difference in those numbers. So is it at least, this, come on, you gotta wake up, people. You gotta wake up, and I'm talking to myself, um, and I'm just kind of reiterating the fact that always be tracking your expenses. Have an idea of what you're doing. And not only should you track your expenses, but do even do those expenses need to be there? Especially if those expenses being there are taken away from your ability to save for retirement. If they are, sorry, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Netflix. Bye-bye, cable television. Well, uh, that... It's If it's an income problem, fine. And if you have to have those things, fine. But guess what? Now you're picking up a part-time job. Guess what? Maybe you're changing career fields. Guess what? Maybe you're gonna go learn a trade where all those people are banking big time because everybody's deciding to go get you know, Roman woodshed philosophy of ant colony degrees when nobody goes and learns trades. I mean, that's all I can tell you. If it's an income problem, if it truly is, and you just have to have those things, well then you're just gonna have to go and increase your income. And there's plenty of ways to do that. And then finally, just kind of the, the, the cherry on top, and I saw this and I was just, uh, remember it's an income problem. People aren't making enough money, okay? It's an income problem. That's why nobody can save for retirement. Title of this article, and these are all from CNBC by the same way, so I like this. So this is all coming from the same news outlet. It's not like, I'm cherry picking to fit. No, this is all from the same news outlet. So we're looking at apples and apples here. And the title of this article, and I'm not making this up, almost half of Americans shop online while drunk. Here's how much it's costing them. Let me read that again. Almost half of Americans shop online while drunk. As the article states, if you poured yourself a glass of wine or two and then started browsing Amazon, you're not alone. And you may... And you may well have spent more than you meant to. Oh, it's an income problem though. It's an income problem. I'm not making enough money. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm boozing it up and then I'm going and spending money online and I actually, I actually spend more than I meant to. But it's an income problem. That's why I can't save for retirement. A new survey finds that Americans who shop online under the influence spend over $40 each time. Gin drinkers actually spend the most, about $82 on average, while whiskey drinkers are the cheapest buzzed buyers, according to the Addiction Treatment Facility, the Archstone Recovery Center. They polled over 1,000 people who reported purchasing an item off of Amazon while under the influence of alcohol. Like I said, I'm not that smart, but is it at least logical to think that maybe people are just being stupid and that's why some of these retirement numbers are so hideous because people are just being stupid. And I say that because I've had plenty of stupid moments. I do not say that from a position or perspective of, hey, look, I have life figured out. I've always had life figured out. I'm a flawless individual. Absolutely not. Trust me, I've had plenty of screw-ups. I've had plenty of stupid instances. But I don't know how else to classify this. Half of Americans shopping online when they're drunk, and then they find out, oh, I, I spent more than I meant to. Well, good grief. I don't, is that shocking? Is it the system's problem? Is it the evil corporations that aren't paying people enough? 
Is it the evil businesses and the evil business owners that aren't raising wages? Or is it people have a spending problem or they're just not tracking their spending or maybe they're just being flat out stupid with their money? Is it, could it be one of those things or is it simply an income problem, a wage problem? I think that it's a combination of both, mainly a spending problem. And I say mainly a spending problem because if you're willing to break a sweat, if you're willing to just get out there and hustle, there are so many ways to increase your income. If you're willing to put your ego aside and maybe deliver pizzas a couple nights a week, maybe knock on somebody's door and say, hey, can I mow your lawn? And, and maybe willing to do Uber, maybe Uber Eats. I mean, there's so much cool stuff. There are so many jobs out there where if you live in like a, a good enough size city, you can literally get paid to listen to podcasts, get paid to listen to audio on tape, get paid to grow in knowledge because all you do is you drive around and deliver stuff. So while you drive around and deliver stuff, you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to all sorts of great stuff that can build your knowledge, that can build your motivation, and you're getting paid for it. And on top of that, you're raising your income. I mean, there is just absolutely no reason why income, uh, you know, th blaming that makes any sense at all. Especially if you were to just wipe away, let's say none of these spending th stuff even occurred. But there's so many, now again, if, if, this, uh, if the unemployment rate right now is 40%, and just there's, then that's a whole different argument. But that's, that's, that's not the case. That's not the case. And if you don't believe me, learn a trade. I mean, there are so many trades out there that need people. And I witness it all the time when I talk to builders that I know. Um, if you're willing to break a sweat, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to, dare I say, get ready, show up on time. Heck, dare I say, even show up at all. Then there are so many opportunities out there. So to bring this full circle, I get it, a lot of this stuff is kind of me just sitting here talking and talking and talking, but the results, the results are staring us right in the, in the, in the face. 82% of Americans right now are very concerned, or excuse me, 78% are either extremely or somewhat concerned about not having enough money for retirement. And I get it, when you're young, retirement, that seems like something that old people do, and you got plenty of time to get on that, so let's just, I'll, I'll worry about that another time. Look at what the future's telling you. That's a lot of people saying, and I, like I said, if you ask them, they're gonna be telling you the same thing. I wish I would've started sooner. I wish I would've had a better game plan. So you better get out there. Hey, you better have a game plan. You better actually follow through with that game plan. And maybe, just maybe, you should reassess your spending. Maybe, just maybe, question, am I being kind of stupid with my money at times? Have I maybe gone online under the influence a few times? And with a game plan, with a plan in place, this can be allevi alleviated. Now, sure, does that mean that maybe you don't get to have Netflix and you, you can't have HBO for a little while? Sure, but if you have to have HBO and you refuse to cut that out, then go pick up another job because spending for, or saving for retirement is a necessity. Just like paying your mortgage, just like paying your rent, just like paying your utilities, just like paying for food, just like paying for clothes. Saving for retirement, save, spending money on retirement, aka saving money for retirement is a necessity. The only way it's not a necessity is if you are willing to live bare, bare bones, no dinners, no fancy technology, who knows what will exist, no vacations, nothing in the future. If you're willing to accept all of that when you're older, then fine. Maybe you can make it, maybe. 
But if you have any sort of inclination to want more than that, then you better get a plan into place. So that's my challenge right now is stop listening to this mainstream media garbage about, oh, woe is me, employee or you know corporations, business owners, they're just not paying you enough. That's why you can't get by. I'm sorry, the data just doesn't suggest that that's actually the problem. Uh, so before you go buy that big screen TV at Best Buy, I don't know, perhaps maybe putting that into something called a savings account so that it's ready for you in retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.